Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Rachel Pruitz. Her first business is executive coaching and team development, who focuses heavily on the Enneagram and resilience framework. And Rachel is also founder of Drink Less, Live More, helping women who are drinking more than they want to evaluate their relationship with alcohol. Fantastic. Rachel, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. You know, on the surface, those two things don't seem like they go hand in hand, but they absolutely do. So it's been a fascinating journey for me to see how much of that is so intertwined. Yeah, I love that. It's There are some nuances there. There are some focal points. So just tie this up for me. Where are you today with your business? How do they kind of work together? And who is it that you love to work with? <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned women, especially with the drink less, live more side of things. I really love working with both men and women. So I have about half of my clients are, you know, in the executive world are men. And it's just been interesting to see sort of the challenges they have. It might be different than what the women have, but they certainly have challenges. And so that's been really great to be able to work with both of them. You know, when I first started the business, I was big on well-being. I'm a nurse by background. And so I have a master's degree in nursing. That was why I became a nurse in the first place is I, I wanted people to be well. And what I was seeing in the world around me, people were not well. And I was there too at one point. So there was a point where I was driving into work thinking, oh my gosh, if I just got into a, a car accident, that's a small one. People would have to pick up the slack. Like they'd have to manage all this stuff I'm doing. They'd have to take care of the kids. They'd have to take care of the job. And that was a huge wake up call for me to say, wait a minute, this is not living. You know, I remember thinking that this is not why I was put here. What the heck? Like, how did I get here? Mm. So after I got out of that through my own work, coaching, therapy, all the things, I started seeing that everywhere. You know, even driving into work, you see the people you look over and like, people just look miserable. And I'm Mm. like, wait a minute. Let's pause in that moment, that moment there where you obviously sought lots of help. You probably had so many principles, realizations and life-changing aha moments. What would you say was was like the one, it might be a question, it might be a principle. What is it that stood out for you that there may be a load, but there was one that's like, yeah, that once it dropped in, that either changed everything for you or was the catalyst for our life will never be the same again. What was that? <laughs> yeah. So I would say the one statement I kept just going back to was there has to be more to life than this. And then I expanded on it. So it was like, there has to be more to life than this. And I'm going to mm-hmm. figure it out. So what were you, what were you feeling for that to be true? 
what successes didn't feel like wins anymore what things that everyone else was proud of were you like this it's just not right what what let's talk about the tangibles because we're, we're going to go woo we're going to go into the mind but the surfaces what well, what can we see in the environment you know the people the places the items the assets what was it like and where was the misalignment as a question mm. Yeah, I often talk about my checkboxes of life where, you know, I got the college degree, I found a supportive partner, I had the kids, I had a great job, I had a big house, I got to travel, you know, we had money to do what we needed to do. And it's still just I wasn't happy. And it's like, mm. why not? So those were the things that I started really looking at, I started getting clear on my own values and living more in alignment with those values versus living into what our culture has told us my value ah, should give me, be give me one of them, those values ones that you it wasn't yours that you didn't want but you found yourself living and breathing what's that yeah yeah i think it's like monetary success so and success from a hierarchy standpoint like you know you got promoted to this level so, yeah. and, you know, I had a master's degree, so it's like, oh, cool. I got that. You know, like that's one of those, those things that the, the world tells us, you know, that makes you more valuable. So I was really searching for my own value external to myself. Mm. And when I came back to my value internal to me, that's when things really started to change. And I was pushing against a lot of cultural and societal norms. I still do that today. And it makes some people uncomfortable and it excites the heck out of other people where they're like, yes, I've been saying this for years we've got to dismantle this. Mm. Nice. So that, that shift from searching externally, searching for what other people want, what are perceived as, as happiness. So when you, when you started to come back to yourself, when you started to remember that, ah, shit, yeah, I, I matter. My happiness matters. I just kind of maybe forgot along the way. Was that... Was that pre your business? Was that on the steps towards it? What what was that moment in time like for you as, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner? Yeah, that's a great question. So I had no idea I would ever be an entrepreneur, or business owner, any of it. I really thought I would stay in healthcare forever. So this was pre-business launch. It's actually what excited me about the work that I do today. I was able mm. to get unstuck from that burnout space with a coach and therapist. So I didn't do it alone. And then I was on the other side of it and it's like, gosh, I'm really thriving. I feel unstoppable. I mean, I feel like I could do anything and I really couldn't turn off that nudge of like personal development. I mean, I would be like not doing my day job because I would be like, oh my gosh, I read this book. Oh my gosh, I got to listen to this. Oh, this podcast is amazing. You know, it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't turn it off. And I don't normally have that level of energy for mm. really anything. So it was just something that I just kept paying attention to. My coach kept saying, well, it's good to know, isn't it? interesting. That's good to know. And I'm like, it is good to know. So, you know, I pursued coach training while I was still in my day job and I had no idea what I was going to do with it, mm. but I knew it was going to help me personally and professionally. And I had no idea that I would be running the business I'm running today. Nice. So tell me about your, because obviously you, I think everyone in this world is like, yeah, here's, here was my diving board. Here's a deep end that I jumped into. Here is the changes that I saw that then you can't unsee. The specific modalities that you talk about enneagram the resilience framework there's going to be a huge amount more but let's focus on those for now what what did you find about your your, your chosen flagship modality that's like mm -hmm. yeah this everything else works everything else is cool it does some some great work 
in the world but these oh my gosh these <laughs> i could talk about these forever what was that for you yeah so i have yet to find a better self awareness tool than the enneagram you know i've done lots of different assessments and you know in my corporate world they just bombard you with some of these most of them were good information about behaviors but I yeah. didn't understand why I was behaving the way I was behaving or why other people were behaving the way they were behaving. So there's a social awareness side of it too. So when I first took the assessment, it said I was a three, I threw it in a drawer. Cause I was like, I don't like some of this makes sense. Some of it doesn't yeah. as I was hearing more and more about it. And this was pre business. So I was still in my you know corporate full-time job. I started digging in a little bit deeper. I'm like, okay, I just yeah. keep hearing this again, that nudge, it just kept getting put on my lap. And I'm like, huh. Like maybe I should check in with this. So I dug in really deep and really studied it. And it took me almost a year to realize that I was a nine and I am not a three and everything just sort of unlocked where it's like all of this stuff makes sense to me now. And mm. what am I going to do about it? So what I love about it is like, you're in an average space, but you can grow into a very healthy space. So that was my goal. I'm like, okay, I want to get to that healthier space. Cause that sounds beautiful. No matter what number you most identify with the healthy space of each one of those numbers is a beautiful person to be around, which is what we yeah. want. So, yeah. So with this, with this knowledge, how was it empowering for you and where was it maybe initially kind of limiting because yeah. we can, we can use the Enneagram, uh, Gene Keys, human design as a crutch. Yep. For sure. Oh, look at me. I'm a Gemini. I do this. No, it doesn't give you the permission to be an asshole. There are ways that people can use this. So to use this in the in the right way for you, what was that journey like with coming to terms with it, realizing, oh, I, I, I've now found an excuse why I can't do this versus, ah, I'm going to leverage the power of this and the flavor behind it. Because I think there's something beautiful in that. Can you talk me through that kind of um, journey? Yeah. Well, the first whole year was terrible. If you want my honest, my, my honest answer, it was terrible. It was really hard. So it was very emotional. There's mm. a lot of things that come up even from childhood of, oh, yeah, that is the message I got, you know? So you have to manage all of that. And how do you even have some of those conversations with some of those people that maybe have hurt mm. you? So there was a lot, there was a lot of deeper stuff that I had to work through. Mm. And then once I got through that, I recognized that but now I'm an adult. How do, how do I take where I've been so far and lead myself into the future? Because I'm in charge here. Like I'm the one that's in charge of all of this. No one's going to come for me. No one's going to parent me. I have to do this, you know? So that was, that was kind of a pivot point, but it took me about a year because it's pretty, mm -hmm. it can get pretty deep if you really dive into it for sure. Well, to give you an, ex oh, go ahead. I was going to say, what, what part of you was kicking and screaming? If you could sort of name it, personify it, the feeling where it was, what part was actually been like, yeah, look, guys, we, we got to stop. I know you guys are enjoying this, but no. What, what was that? Yeah. So I wanted everyone else to see my needs and meet them without me doing anything. Why uh -huh. can't they just see what I need and just do that? And so my responsibility on that side, I always say like, let's, we got to own our 50%. So if I'm going to own my 50% there, isn't it my responsibility to tell them mm. what I need and want? They don't know. You know, they have no idea. They're shooting in the dark, which is very confusing to the people in my life. So that was a big thing for sure. I would say for nines in particular, we don't like conflict. 
And uh-huh. I thought that was making my life easier. That was a pattern of behavior. I would just avoid conflict or anything that was really hard or emotionally difficult. And my brain was telling me that was easier for my, for me, because it was just the path I'd always taken. Right. So my brain's yeah. like, that's easy. You go for that. And then I started actually challenging myself to have needed conflict. And I realized that that was never easier. It was so much harder to carry that around with me. And I felt a hundred pounds lighter because mm-hmm. I was able to kind of just put that out there. And then it was done, you know, like I had the conflict, no one died. <laughs> if anything, we ended it in a very good conversation and we both walked out feeling lighter, you know? So I think challenging myself to do that. So to your point of, yeah, we don't like conflict. I could have sat with that and just said, I don't like conflict. So I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm. <laughs> or I'm not going to do it but, at all. Yeah. So it could have fueled even further. It could have really been like, okay, I, sweet. I can live by this now because, hey, this says this. So therefore. For sure. It could abs- absolutely reinforce the negative patterns that are keeping yeah. you stuck. There is no doubt about it. So yeah. Nice. So as as a business owner, because obviously you went through this huge sort of evolution with all the modalities, with all the knowledge, with all the applying this to yourself and seeing how things work for you what's it been like for you behind the scenes of your business with with all this knowledge knowing all this stuff but then having to do the the hard things having to do the scary things i mean we're chatting offline you've made some hires you've brought in agencies and teams to work alongside you rather than do it all by yourself that's a huge step but when we go into business, we have to do the accounts, the marketing, the sales, the fulfillments, everything comes into play. What was it about these modalities that maybe gave you that extra, the extra energy, the extra nudge to not fall at some hurdles that maybe kill other businesses? Yeah. Well, I think I had language to put to it. So before I really didn't know what was going on, even when we talk about resilience and the neuroscience of resilience and what that looks mm-hmm. like. I just didn't have the language for myself to talk myself through it or to talk to a therapist or a coach, you know, if I was, or a a friend, you know, it's like, I, I couldn't articulate what the heck was going on. And now I had language for it where I could explain it to people, or I could explain it in a personal relationship. And they were like, Oh, I get it now. And before I just, I couldn't, I didn't have the clarity to explain it to a way that people could even understand so they could know how to help. Mm. Let's flip that around. And then with with all this knowledge, with knowing maybe too much, understanding yourself so much, what what were the challenges that came up that were maybe next level that was maybe tough for you to approach, even though you maybe had some of the answers? What was that like? <laughs> yeah, I would say the biggest challenge is just falling back into those patterns and then beating yourself up on the other side of that. I thought I'd, mm. I thought I'd figured this one out. I do have all this knowledge. I should, you know, I was using the word should all the time. I should have this figured out by now. Why don't I, why don't I have this figured out? And then that just kept me more in a spiral of, yeah, like you still haven't done your work yet. You know, even though I'd come so far, I was not acknowledging that I was more going back to the, here we are again, back to this again. Here we go again. Okay. so, So there it is. So let's, let's talk about the word spiral. Let's focus on that because this is. Even with the knowledge, you're still a human being with neurochemicals, with a nervous system. It's almost like the body doesn't know what the hell's going on in this world. So our thoughts can be one place, but our body's like, ah, I'm freaking the fuck out. And we have to manage both of these. I mean, again, 
we were joking offline that you went so much towards the, the mental, the thoughts, the beliefs, the, the reprogramming. And the body is like, there's a whole separate area here that's so as you as you go through obviously the, the problems and the challenges and the emergencies and just the, the regular tasks within your business, what what triggers your spirals? Yeah. So that's a great question. So I'm going to kind of address part of what you said, because I really love that you mentioned the body because it is something I fell so asleep to for so many years. So you want to talk about like unforgetting yourself. I had to unforget the fact that I thought I was independent. Like I, like my body was just this thing, like it didn't give me information. Like there was nothing there. I was blessed to go through training with Martha Beck and she is all about body. So we talked a lot about body compass. You know, this was seven, eight years ago as I was going through training, we would do body compass scans. And at the time I'm like, what is she talking about? I'm supposed to feel something in my body. I didn't know. And so as I was waking up to that, I did start to notice these cues that my body was telling me before my head or my heart would even tell me. So Mm -hmm. I started really paying more attention to that piece of it. Like, what is my body telling me? To answer your question about like, what are the spirals? I would say it is spiraling with negative feedback. So, mm. you know, I would do a presentation or a well-being talk for a hundred people. Two people didn't like it. And that was what I would focus in on for months. What these two people said. And in some cases, some people are just plain mean, like they're not even giving you constructive feedback. And that was the first time I had to represent myself as my own brand. You know, I had done all sorts of talks and and keynotes and all of those things in my corporate role, but that was kind of hidden behind their their organization or that organization. This was the first time I was getting feedback about me and that felt deeply personal. Yeah. That's, there's the shift from employee to business owner. Yes. They bring the business, (laughs) they have, there is that layer that's in the way. You're a representative of rather than, Hey, it's, it is me. It, I am the business. It's, the, yeah. it's, it's so personal direct rather than just the corporate message or what this culture wanted, even though you're part of it. There is something so raw and almost close about it. It's, yeah. it's right there. So yeah, this, this negative feedback, what would it trigger you to do? There's the whole what it, what you feel. Fine, I think we gather what, what we all feel when we get negative feedback. What does it make you do? What are the actions that it? How do they control you? Is the better question. Yeah. Well, if you're asking me from my business perspective, what I did was nothing. I literally did nothing in the business. So when I was in that space, I would just be like, I'm not going to go to my office today. I'm just going to do nothing. So that was one of my solutions because that, you know, felt so much easier and really drove the business forward. This is sarcasm. Yeah. Um, and then I would say, you know, prior to three years ago, I would use alcohol, you know, like that was my checkout when I would feel that feeling or I would get that feedback or I'd be thinking about this feedback. Mm. I would, I would view everything in my life as, okay, yeah, I'm not good enough here. I'm not good enough here. I'm not good enough here. And so I would open up a bottle of wine and guess what? It went away for the short term until I woke up in the morning and it was a hundred times worse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, I was using all sorts of different numbing behaviors. I'm an equal opportunity number. I'll scroll social media. I'll shop. 
I'll eat, I'll drink, I'll do all the things. And so that is one of my biggest clues that something is off is when I am wanting to escape my current yeah. situation. Ah, oh, perfect. So to have these sort of markers in place that it's not a case of there's no guilt or frustration around it. It's like, hold on, I'm holding my glass again. Okay, I missed the first lead up to this, but this is it, whatever yeah. that thing is for you. To see that and hold space for that, that's kind of beautiful because now you're at choice. We talk all the t- all the time in, in Unforget Yourself that this is a whole, it's choose your own adventure. Yeah. You have to have the awareness of what's going on to see where you are in any circumstance, not just who you are and your build, your human design, your Enneagram, but where you are, what your traits are, what your tendencies are. Once you understand more about that, does that make the game easier, simpler? Yes. You've got something to base no. on, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've had some people say, oh, I don't want to do self-awareness work because that seems like that's harder. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. In the short term, it is harder for sure. And sometimes long-term it's harder Mm. to be more aware of what's going on. I wouldn't give it up for anything in the world to have the knowledge I currently have for me personally. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that at all, but it's also challenging too. Mm. It feels like sometimes I just want to move through life without this knowledge? Like what if I could just be ignorant and just move through the world without any of this knowledge? Other people seem to do it. They seem okay. You know? So it's like, why can't I do that too? So yeah, but I, I would yeah. not give it up for, I mean, people would not even recognize me from 10 years ago to now. Like I'm a completely different person, but so much more aligned with me today yeah. than I ever was 10 years ago. I was just going through the motions, but the world told me to nice. do well, okay, so you've seen rapid change in, yeah, realistically, a short period of time. So where's, what's, what's your next transition? What is the next identity that you're getting yourself towards in your professional life with your business? Because we've seen how far you've come. What's the next challenge? Where, where are you in between identities right now that you can see where you're going? Yeah, I would say fully putting myself out there. And allowing for any critics to just say whatever they want to say and, and challenging myself to take the truth of what they're saying and to leave the rest and to move on, you know? So I think it's just moving past criticism, both from myself and from others quicker, but taking like, not just ignoring it, like really like sitting with it and saying, well, maybe there is some truth in what they're saying. Mm. um maybe not yeah maybe they're oh, just an that... angry evil person that wants to bring everyone down so you know you can kind of tell yeah but having the, the ability the energy to be able to engage with that to sit with it um whether it's an, a, a statement an email a comment whatever it might be to have this as okay pause let's look at this for what it truly is right so to fully put yourself out there What's stopping you right now? Well, not, right now, I feel like there's not a whole lot stopping me right now. I mean, I really feel like, yeah, I feel like things are just really moving. What was stopping me before was trying to do it all myself. Yeah. And that was uncomfortable because I didn't know how to do those things. Like that is not my lane. <laughs> the work that I do with teams and individuals, that is my lane. I know that. 
but I don't know how to market. I don't know accounting. I don't know, you know, like, and I don't want to know it. Like, it's not even something I really want to dive in and learn. Yeah. So I think it's really just asking for help, finding those right people that really get your business and want it to succeed. So what, um, what allows you to do that? Because it's it's all good and easy to say, hey, just get all the help you need. But the truth is there's time, there's energy, there's money. You need yes. the resources to do this. So the pattern that we see time and time again is I need to do everything myself. Maybe I want to, maybe it's a crutch. Like, I, I need to do this because it allows me to not outsource it because there's a whole heap of, of, of leadership skills that come into play. But what was it for you that allowed you to take that step? What did you need to get? Was it, I need this level of success and then, okay, I'm going to double down. I'm in. It's maybe scary, but I've got to the, I've got the amount of time. Maybe it's the time that you didn't have. Maybe it's the resources, the money that you did have. What was the pivot point? And did you plan for it? Or did you just hit the moment and be like, okay, now's, now's the time. Yes, I did not plan for it. So a lot of, you know, the first couple of years of business, I enjoyed some of that. I mean, especially the first year, you know, doing all these things, learning new things, it was exciting. And then I started to recognize what I liked more of, mm. of what I was doing and what I didn't really like so much. And back to our conversation about body, I would check in with my body. Like even look at how my posture is while I'm sitting, looking at my QuickBooks, like, you know, like my posture says it all, you know, I, this is not bringing me any level of energy. So I didn't, I can't say I planned for it. It felt like something where like the business was running fairly smoothly, smoothly. I wasn't chasing lots of new business. I was getting lots of referrals. So it was kind of this uh -huh. well-oiled machine. And yeah. then it was like, okay, so this is the time, like this makes total sense. I've established that this works, you know, like this is, this is something that works. It makes sense mm. to put some money into. And I had that money from the first couple of years of, you know, running a business. So that was really helpful. It felt like I had permission. Maybe that's the right word. I had permission mm. because I'd proven it, you know, I'd proven this thing works. I tested it, put it out in the market. It works. So how do I now grow that? There we are. Well, we wish you all the very best in this, this next iteration as you bring in more people, as you scale, as you grow and oh, enjoy the next level challenges that will be coming your way that you have no idea about right now. It's going to be exciting, scary, glorious, all the things, right? Yes. You know, it's so funny. Like you start a business and it never looks like what you think it's going to look like four years from now. And I can only imagine what it'll look like another four years from now. You know, I, I just, yeah. And I'm open to it. You know, I'm excited about it. I've made lots of pivots that I never would have seen coming when nice. I first started this thing. Yeah. Love that. Super. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for playing along and sharing behind the scenes. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks. You're welcome. And hey, if you want to find out more about, about you and the work that you do, where can they find you? Yeah, so I do a lot of work on LinkedIn. So you can always message me on LinkedIn or Instagram. So LinkedIn is just Rachel Pritz. Instagram is soberish underscore coach underscore Rach um, at Instagram. And then you can email me at Rachel at rachelpritz.com. I give up my personal email all the time. Um, I get a lot of junk and then I get a lot of genuine stuff like from you that really <laughs> intrigued me. So there you go. So that's the best place to go. My website's kind of, we're, we're kind of breaking brands into two different pieces. So I don't want to share that because those are likely going to change the domains are. So, yeah. Well, you can all find that if you want to. So, hey, go and check it out. But again, Rachel, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. 
Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.